Hi, my name is Aaron J. Marks. You can find out more about me at AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and a metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in human history who's claimed either of those titles, and those that know me well tell me they couldn't imagine better ones for me. For as long as I can remember, I felt like my mind has worked just a little differently than most people's. At times it's been uncomfortable, but I've begun to see that it's actually incredibly important and that there's never been a better time to share the way that I think and see with the creative and entrepreneurial leaders out there who need to hear it. This is my podcast, A Higher Level. Everything we think, see, and do here happens on a higher level, and that makes all the difference. For some of you, these are among the most important and transformational conversations you will ever hear, and they will fill in something you may not have even known was missing, but something that is essential for your happiness and transformation. This podcast is all about creating a space for these conversations, a place to explore your deepest and most persistent questions about the human condition, a place to dream, play, and muse about the meaning of it all, a place people tell me only I can help them access, and a place of crucial importance for the human spirit and our future as the human race. On a higher level, everything is vast, rich, beautiful, and deeply optimistic. Join me there now, on a higher level. Hey, this is Aaron Marks um, of AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. Hope you're doing well today and welcome to another episode of A Higher Level. Uh, I got a cup of green tea and I am, I, I've been thinking for days about how to approach this topic that that is so crucial to me, um, so crucial to my experience of, of my life and, you know, just, just all the things I think about. And I'm finding, um, you know, having a place, um, even a, a a place of pride in more and more conversations, um, you know, that I'm having with friends and and clients and and leaders, and it's it's the concept of absurdity. Uh, now I haven't looked that up exactly, but um, you know, I think we all have a sense of what that means. Um, you know, when when we watch, you know, for example, Monty Python or you know other surreal comedy, we we get the sense that they're sort of poking at something about the human experience that you know that we all share, and so it's like they they find those things, they sort of turn them up, you know, they amplify them, and you know, it's like those things aren't real that they show, but there's there's just something about uh, you know those little kind of pockets of life that they find that we all see and you know we all sort of pretend you know um have a or you know are, are just par for the course but it's like yeah there's something that just doesn't add up about all this you know um and that's what those comedians do you know it's like they turn the volume up on that stuff and um you know just really get us to laugh at the cosmic joke so um i i i have thought about this so like there there's sort of there's two different framings that I often, you know, kind of use to really, you know, poke at our intuition about the absurdity of, of human existence. One, one other thing, if animals experience a sense of absurdity, they don't show it and there's no way they'd communicate that with us or each other. So I really, I speculate this is a human thing, you know, that, that it comes from the human, the human frame um, of us having a lot of sharing a lot of things with animals, but, you know, having a much greater degree or, you know, a degree in, uh, in general of self-awareness and even awareness of that self-awareness, um, 
so that, yeah, I, th- I think it is a distinctly human thing. Like, I, I don't think there's anything else in the realm of existence that we know of that experiences this absurdity. So here's my framing. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to take highly, a highly simplistic dilemma of theism versus naturalism. All right. So if you take the theistic frame and, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to talk about which of these I ultimately come down on. I mean, I, I do sort of have an answer for this personally, you know, you can glean it from other content that I put out, but, you know, and conversations that I have, if you're one of my clients, um, or if, you know, you end up in a, uh, you know, rather philosophical conversation with me, you know, I, I may sort of tip my hand as to where, where I come down on this, but, you know, I think part of, um, part of what allows me to do what I do, um, and have the conversations with people that I do that, that seem to be helpful for them is that I, I can think through all sorts of different worldviews without judgment. So I'm going to talk through the absurdity of the theistic frame, and I'm going to talk through the the absurdity of the naturalistic frame. And I, I don't know that you can do a whole lot better to kind of get straight to the heart of this absurdity that we feel, because I feel like, like most of us are probably having this debate, uh, you know, at some level uh, in an ongoing way and just thinking, oh, that's funny, you know, or it's like, that's weird or it's like, that's absurd, you know, um, and we're all in this together. You know, we all know that we can suffer. And so, y- you know, a good deal of our life is trying to figure out how do we, how do we avoid as much suffering for ourselves as possible? How do we avoid suffering for, especially the people that we love, the people that we take care of as much as possible? We know we ultimately can't do that. You know, we know that existence has a lot of suffering in it and that's absurd, right? Um, and we have kids anyway, you know, we bring them into this system because, you know, it's almost like the love is worth it. Um, and that almost makes me tear up to say that, but it's true, right? You know, we know, like we, we bring children into the world and we know that it's not always going to be easy for them and they're going to suffer and struggle and we do it anyway because of love. Right. Um, and it's just like, there's such absurdity there, you know? Um, so let, let me get into the theistic and the, you know, the naturalistic framings and I'll tell you the absurdity that I find in each. And, you know, if you want to debate about this, I'm happy to do it. Um, I don't know that you're going to move me from, you know, either of these. Um, I know a lot of theists, you know, and they find great strength and comfort in this. Um, you know, this idea that, the nature of the world is intended, you know, and intended by a being that's omnipotent and um, and uh, omnipresent and uh, and omniscient, right? You know, and so it must be this way. You know, it can't can't be otherwise. But you know that, that it raises so many questions, right? So here, <clears throat> here's the theistic framing. Okay, so essentially, there's a being that knows everything, um, that is capable of anything. Um, that, you know, presumably has like perfect intentions. And this being has chosen, um, you know, and and like whether God can choose something like that's a, you know, that that, that brings up a whole other, other set of questions. And, you know, um, Socrates and Plato knew this, you know, thousands of years ago, they, they call it the Euthyphro dilemma. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of packed into this, this dialogue that Plato wrote based on what he heard Socrates say, um, called Euthyphro. And, you know, there's a central dilemma that you, you come to about, about God's goodness, um, or about God's holiness, which is, 
you know, is, is it something that dwells in God or is it something that God works within, you know, an external framework that God works within. And so when you talk about God choosing something, it implies that external framework, right? It implies that God sees different possibilities for God's actions. And, you know, if God is like self-contained goodness, like to me, that's incoherent, you know, anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, this all powerful, all benevolent being created all that is and we experience this existence and everything that we encounter everything that we know everything that we see everything we can imagine is part of this intended perfectly good creation and so every time you suffer every time you struggle it's part of that it must be intended right and so to me that's like that's it's 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 irreconcilable okay so that's the absurdity of the theistic frame okay now again i'm not i'm not telling you which which of these i ultimately come down on which one i actually find more absurd because i do have an answer about that but um you, you know it's like the theistic framing it's like it's very absurd how much we struggle how much we suffer um how much pain there is and you know just if you think about the history of the human race just what that's all entailed and encompassed, it's like it boggles the mind, right? Just think about the last century, um, all the suffering that, that's been part of humankind. Um, you know, and the really absurd thing is that the stories about suffering are so beautiful, right? Like that's just, it, you know, it's beyond, it's beyond comprehension almost. All right. So anyway, that's, that's my, you know, kind of tidy sort of rambling summation of the, the absurdity of the theistic view. Okay. So here's the absurdity of the naturalistic view, ready? So 14 billion years ago, we're told, um, and, you know, every time I, you know, kind of learn about cosmology or I hear like a theoretical physicist explain this, I always, it's like, I always realize how much I've forgotten, like how much people know about the nature of the universe, you know, and like just how, you know, how space time works and, you know, gives these very, very precise scientific answers about, um, you know, about all that exists. Right. So, you know, about 14 billion years ago, we're told something was set into motion it's uh you know it's 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 expressed in a highly impersonal way you know just like there are these forces of physics that have always existed and sort of inevitably put something into motion you know and um you know and that's why my first like metaphysical realm is motion but that's that's beside the point i'll get into that in later episodes so billions of years ago something was set into motion um that turned into gases and stars and rocks and the gravity bound matter together created uh created uh heavenly bodies as astrological astronomical i don't know like you know stars planets um galaxies right things are gravity created orbits right and and then inextricably like right on the tail end of this you know like very very close to midnight on that um you know on that that universal scale of time uh we get the planet earth you know which is so far as we can tell a miracle you know and, and there's no concept of a miracle in the naturalistic frame but when we look at the planet earth like i i don't know how you escape that kind of evaluation you know it's just this this remarkably unlikely and perfect incubator for life, you know? And so we get life, we get, 
um, you know, liquid water, which, you know, which, uh, you know, and then, and then life, you know, somehow happens, right? I think people still don't know how that happens, but, you know, it's fascinating. It's mind boggling. Like there, things became alive, you know, things went from the realm of motion to the realm of life. How did that happen? I don't know. Um, and then there was this long process of evolution. It was, you know, unguided, you know, it, it was natural selection doing what it does, um, you know, exerting selection pressure and sexual selection on increasingly sophisticated and nuanced and complicated forms of life that eventually created humans and, you know, are very, very odd faculties for reasoning and observing and um and thinking about things that um you know that other other beings simply don't seem to have and so here we are we're you know we're we're humans we we have strategies but we can change them we have moral ethical reasoning so you know we can choose to to change the way that we run societies and enact moral codes and you know create more and more harmony over the course of uh, of human existence and i know that's that's a controversial and debatable thing to say but i really i do think it's the best time to be alive it's the most prosperous time it's the most stable time um even when we feel that threatened every now and then you know we 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 don't live like we did thousands of years ago in these you know walled cities um uh, you know like afraid of the elements constantly and um you know worried that that bandits are going to um you know are going to loot us at at night and um you know with all these all these superstitions um you know and some would say you know we still have super, plenty of superstitions but you know it's just not not like not like we did thousands of years ago yeah so you know we're 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 in this time and then suddenly we're looking at the impact that we have um you know, the, the, the level to which the population has grown and things like climate change and, um, you know, an ecological impact. And we're starting to ask questions like, well, what, you know, what, what is the point of humankind? Like, you know, how big ought we to get, like, what, what is our ideal impact on the planet earth and in the universe? And, you know, here's the absurd thing to me though, you know, it's like, if this is all purely naturalistic, not, not, you know, based on any sort of higher plan or, uh, you know, intelligence or, or benevolent creator being, um, we have this sense that some things are better than others. And I don't know how you'd get that. Um, but, you know, even, even people who are naturalists, um, they have incredibly, incredibly strong feelings about things and the morality that, um, you know, that, that, that guides them. And to me, that's absurd. You know, it's like, I don't understand why that would be. So, uh, you know, it's absurd to me that, that passions, you know, and, and moral convictions, um, were, you know, developed in this, you know, completely naturalistic and impersonally guided, um, developmental process that, you know, has created the human race that we know and you know the current universe that we know so to me you know you you cannot avoid a sense of absurdity whatever your worldview is okay and uh, uh you know and if you talk to me i will find it <laughs> i will find the absurdity in your worldview and 
not only that, I'll delight in it. Okay. And what I, what I really notice is that the people who like talking to me and the clients who enjoy being coached by me, they delight in this absurdity as well. You know, th- there's this sense that, oh yeah, you know, something doesn't add up here, no matter how you look at it, you know, no matter what worldview you take, um, no matter what philosophy, there's something just very strange about all this. And <laughs> all you can do is laugh about it, you know, and, and that's the cosmic joke, you know? And so we're all here, you know, not of our, out of our own choice. Like this is something I was writing about this morning. Not one person you will ever meet chose to be born. Now, many of us, even most of us have made choices about who else was born, right? But that is one thing that we all have in common is that everyone you ever meet, um, everyone you're related to, all of your friends, you know, all of your, your customers, all of your colleagues, not one of them made the choice to be born. And we're all here in this together, in this absurd system um, that is paradoxically so full of suffering, but so full of love and joy. And so I think the, the, you know, the funniest thing about absurdity to me is that it really becomes a, a place of deep optimism and vision for me. You know, I don't know why, like this is, you know, perhaps I'll, I'll figure out why this is in time, but I think, I think for me, um, you know, it's like you, you center yourself, you know, you think through the things that don't add up about existence, about the universe, about the human race, um, about our consciousness. And then boom, we're in this present moment. You know, as, as I record this, it's 2022, it's September 21st, 2022, 2.19 in the afternoon in central time. Here I am, you know, in the middle of Wisconsin. Uh, this moment has never been before. It'll never be again. And, you know, really this moment's all I have. And I think about all the human race has been through. And I think about the long chain of human events and interactions that has brought me to this moment and not just me, but you listening to this, wherever you are, you know, and you know, the, just, just the, the marvelous technological infrastructure that, that people have created over the last, you know, a number of decades. Well, actually more than that, because it keeps building on itself. And here you are listening to me, you know, in your earbuds or your, your car stereo. Um, I just, I can't even, it's like, it but it boggles my mind. I don't know what to say about it. You know, it's it's just it's so absurdly wonderful that this moment exists and that I'm having this experience and that I hope you are too with me. That you know you're that I'm shifting your consciousness and you know just showing you the present moment in a way that you're not used to seeing. Like that's what I find happens when I have these conversations with people. Um, and so we're having a mystical moment here. You see this? Um, it's a mystical moment, and. There is no way to be pessimistic after having a mystical moment, okay? And it's the absurdity that brings me to that. And, um, you know, and I think creates the transformations um, that I that I bring people to, okay? You know, it all starts with this absurdity. Not everyone realizes that, but like that's, that is what I bring. You know, when I show up, I'm constantly working and I call it the realm of purpose. Um, and we'll talk about that more when I go through the metaphysics, but it's like, the absurdity brings me right to the heart of the realm of purpose. And, you know, it's, it's like, it's there that we can, you know, once, once we've really gazed upon that absurdity with, you know, with open eyes, then we can say, okay, 
So what do I want to do now? And that's your purpose. And then from there, it's a pretty simple matter of figuring out what to do. All right. I don't know that I can say much more about it than that, but I'm glad. I wasn't sure how that was going to unfold, but I, you know, that couldn't have unfolded any other way. And it was, you know, that it did get me to where, where I had hoped it would go. So absurdity. What do you think? Do you experience that too? Is this a deeper level than, you know, than you've been conscious of, um, you know, prior, um, anyway, I'd, I'd love to hear what that did for you. And, um, and truly like that's, that is, you know, it's, it's a starting point. It's a starting point of deep optimism. Cause again, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe I hadn't complete, completed this thought. If you really have a mystical experience, th- there's no, there's no possible pessimism, um, you know, from, from mysticism, you know, that's so what any mystic will tell you, you know, mystics are always deeply optimistic and full of love. Um, and, you know, that's why I talk, talk about optimism as much as I do, because, I, you know, it's like if absurdity brings you to a mystical experience, um, then, you know, absurdity must be related to optimism, you know, and, and here's what, like, here's what I think it's important now, you know, as I'm recording this in this world where I can talk into a microphone in front of a, you know, a, a metal box filled with electronic circuitry and, click a few buttons on my mouse and suddenly it's in your ear pods and you could be halfway across the world. And I imagine some of you are, um, it's like, yeah, we live in this absurd world, but it's, it's so full of possibility. And, you know, really that's what us humans are here to do is to live in that possibility. And that's why you, it, it, it's a waste of your life to get mired in the frustration. Okay. So and I, yeah, so I think, I think this is, this, this is something, this is something you need to explore. It's, you know, we humans, you know, whether this is, you know, whether it was theistically directed or whether it was, you know, completely naturalistic process. I, I don't know. No one knows. Um, again, I have my, you know, I have my suspicions, but we're here now and we've inherited something magnificent, I guess, you know, magnificent implies a value judgment, right? Um, uh, You know, and and value judgments make sense in the theistic frame, but not in the naturalistic ones. But, you know, people make them anyway, even in in, even in the naturalistic frame. But, uh, you know, here we are in 2022, with all we've inherited, life is pregnant with possibility. Don't ever forget that. Um, You know, we really get to ask where we want to go. And that's our that's our modern blessing and our modern dilemma <laughs> because it's uh um it's actually a burden to be free um you know if you have your path set out for you you will you'll be frustrated by it you will rage against it but ultimately there's an odd sort of comfort in that in that bondage and today in 2022 we are so free that we're terrified of of having to, to make the decisions, you know, with, with that freedom. So that's absurd. But again, don't forget absurdity leads you to a deeply optimistic place. And it's from that optimistic place that you truly, you truly realize where you want to go. And that's the realm of purpose. And that leads to your purpose. And then from there, the strategy is infinitely 
malleable and the strategy will create actions. So that's my message to you about absurdity. Um, I'm really interested to know how that landed with you and if that, or what that helps you see differently. Cause I think it is the center of my message. You know, it, it, it is absurdity. So, so I don't know about you, but I'm feeling peaceful and optimistic and inspired right now. And I'm really glad I shared that message with you. So and my name is Aaron Marks and you can find out more about me at Aaron J Marks and yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much for listening to A Higher Level. I hope that got you seeing, thinking, and acting just a little differently. Or maybe even a lot. When you act differently, you get different results. But we need to start with the vision and the thinking. How do you feel? Ready to go and make positive, inspiring changes in your life and work? If so, it means what we're doing here is working. And I would love for you to let me know if this is you. There's a bunch of ways for you to get in touch with me. You can go to my website, AaronJMarks.com. Or look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook. Or you can look for Aaron J. Marks on LinkedIn or Instagram. Whatever is easiest for you. And if this is speaking to you, I might suggest that you think about becoming one of my leadership coaching clients. In our work together, we'll have conversations on this level, but tailored just to your life and aspirations. You really can't imagine what a difference this can make for your mindset, vision, and results. The first step after learning more about my approach is to book a free, no-obligation discovery call both of which you can do at AaronJMarks.com. If your intuition is nudging you, don't wait any longer. It is likely the next step along the marvelous journey of wherever you are here to go and whatever it is you are here to do. And I can't wait to meet you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode when we'll continue to see, think, and act on a higher level. I'll see you then. Higher Level is the official podcast of Aaron J. Marks, visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. Learn more at www.aaronjmarks.com. A Higher Level is written, recorded, edited, and produced by Aaron J. Marks. Music is by Aurier. I'll see you next time on a higher level. <laughs>